Hello, friends. Welcome to Find Hope, Live Well, a show about doing small things to make big changes in your life. I'm Grant Stenzel. My goal is to help you regain hope and walk with you down the path of healing. Through my experience as a licensed clinical professional counselor and former pastor, I enjoy helping individuals and families navigate through mental health issues. On today's episode, we're going to explore the impact that expectations have on our relationships. We're going to talk about ways to not only manage these expectations, but how to reduce conflict and show our loved ones that we care. As humans, we tend to have imperfect expectations. We may want our partners to do everything for us. We may expect them to fill all our needs and to love us all the time, to not sin, to not come home late, to not yell, to do everything right. These high expectations can put pressure on our significant other and oftentimes may lead to conflict. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. If you're surprised when your spouse sins, that's bad theology. Jesus Christ came on this earth to die for us sinners. We are not good. We're not perfect. We need to give the same grace to our spouse that we hope and expect to get from God. We need to continue to hope and pray that our spouse will continue to grow, but give them the grace in the areas they're growing in. We need to give them the same grace from our spouse we would like for ourselves. Every relationship has its rewards. Being in a relationship can be one of life's most rewarding experiences. There is nothing quite like sharing fun activities, peace and quiet, silliness, our deepest thoughts, our dreams, and our time with someone else. As we grow closer and our partner gets to know us better and better, the intimacy created is something that is quite priceless. Every relationship experiences conflict. Every relationship experiences its ups and downs. Conflict is inevitable. As partners will, over time, grow and change at different rates, We may encounter unexpected parts of our partner's personality and experience a variety of stressors that bring strain to the relationship. It's very easy, especially after an argument, to think about all the ways your partner has wronged you. I've encountered many people who feel unappreciated by their partners for the efforts they're putting into a relationship. This is happening at the exact same time their partners are making effort to show them appreciation. How is it that people can make efforts towards the same goal, but completely missing the effort put in by the other person? Many of the people I counsel arrive with a whole laundry list to review. Why? In their mind, this list constitutes evidence that their spouse is at fault for the couple's troubles. It validates their position. They become so invested in this blame game that they become trapped in a cycle of negativity. If they can't be moved in a positive direction, the marriage or relationship could be in real trouble. One of the keys to managing and reducing conflict in a relationship is simply letting the other person know you care while at the same time feeling cared about yourself. This is where the five love languages come in. In his book, The Five Love Languages, author Gary Chapman theorizes that people tend to naturally give love in the way they prefer to receive love. And better communication between couples can be accomplished when one demonstrates caring to the other person in the love language the recipient understands. He outlines the basic love languages as receiving gifts, 
quality time, words of affirmation, acts of service, and physical touch. In my opinion, the underlying message of this book is that your spouse thinks differently. Figure it out. Don't do what would make you feel good. Find out what makes them feel good. The problem is most of us aren't very good in figuring this out. Why is this? In a perfect world, the classic communication model for a couple would work like this. One person has a need that they encode and send to the partner who decodes the message and fulfills the requirement. If this process is done correctly, the partner's corresponding love language is identical to the original request. However, we don't live in a perfect world. This is why the communication model also incorporates a barrier between the sender and receiver. This can be called noise or static interference. Basically, it can be anything that interferes with the transmission of the original request. The noise barrier can distort the original message and lead to a series of missteps, misinterpretation, misinformation, misunderstanding, and mistakes. To be successful, the couple has to overcome this message distortion barrier and deliver love to each other in the language that is preferred by their partner. Simply, these people are not speaking the same language. They're missing each other's messages due to being unaware of A, how to speak, and B, how to listen. The five love languages describe ways we both can give and receive love. Words of praise and affirmation. This is not only inclusive of compliments, but of validation, gratitude, and empathy. This category includes all affection expressed verbally. In other words, wow, honey, thank you so much for all you do around here. Or, you are definitely a person of character. I highly respect you. You look great today. You're beautiful. Spending quality time. Considered a display of affection by many. This category includes dates out or time in. Any time spent focused on one another, either sharing an activity or engrossed in conversation. Examples would be going out to eat and talking, perhaps going out for a walk and holding hands, or just simply sitting on the couch and talking about old times. Giving and receiving gifts. Many are moved by the thought another person puts into a gift they give them the meaning of the gift, the time spent planning it. The financial expenditure and the object itself can have great meaning. One may also feel warm and closer to a person after giving them a gift. Gifts can include something incredibly expensive like a piece of jewelry or simply something handmade. It depends on the person. Some people want something more sentimental. Some people may want something of more financial value. Actions. From the little things like opening a door or cleaning up after dinner to bigger efforts like clearing your partner's car of snow or getting major chores done around the house, many feel affection expressed through activity. Ways that you can serve your spouse is think about what is something they really dislike doing and do that for them. Perhaps they hate laundry or they hate loading the dishwasher or they hate getting their oil changed. Go do that for them. That will be a meaningful acts of service. Physical touch. This is a misunderstood love language. Oftentimes in marriage counseling, I explain the five love languages and the guy was like, yeah, that's my love language. And my follow-up question is, well, do you 
Do you like cuddling? And do you like holding hands? And do you like to just sit next to each other on the couch? And sometimes the guy says yes, and therefore that is his love language. But oftentimes the guy's like, oh, no, no, I just... And pretty much what he's trying to say is he likes sex. Sex is not a love language. And if your wife's love language is physical touch, you're going to need to hug her, hold her hand, lay with her and snuggle. This is going to make her feel loved. What is your love language? Think about how you like to receive love and affection. There are likely a couple ways that you prefer. Make a mental note of those. And how do you believe you show love and affection? Do you do this in the same way you receive love and affection or differently? How do you believe your partner likes to show love and affection? This is a perfect opportunity for discussion. Sharing this list with your partner, sharing your preferences with each other, and thinking about how this has worked or not worked between the two of you. Have you ever been bringing your wife flowers weekly when all she really wants for you to do is empty the dishwasher? Have you ever been setting aside time to watch football with your husband, thinking it'd be nice to share in his interest, when all he really wants to hear is that you appreciate his efforts at a tough job? Oftentimes, we end up spending a ton of energy into things that really may not minister to our spouse. And we can become bitter or resentful that, wow, I'm putting all this energy into loving my spouse and they're not feeling loved. It's not about the energy. It's working smarter, not harder. Defining each other's love languages may be one of the most valuable conversations you can have. Not only does it help you better focus your efforts to please your partner, understanding what will make them feel good and connected to you, but it also teaches you how to listen. Use these ideas to think outside the box, outside the few categories of the affection that you look for and to realize that there are efforts your partner is making that you haven't noticed before. Listen for their efforts. Learning to appreciate your partner for what they give can greatly relieve and reduce tensions. You may find that the love you've been searching for has been there all along. That's going to do it for today's episode. Visit stenzoclinical.com backslash news for helpful tips on parenting, relationships, managing anxiety, battling depression, and more. You can also find us on social media with the handle at Stenzel Clinical. If you enjoyed our show, please be sure to leave a review. As always, thank you for listening.